Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everybody, to the first show of our new year on Dr. Connie's House Calls. It is a new year, and this is the first show of our season. It is our fifth season on the air. Thank you very much. It is a new show for the year. It's a new show for this decade. So that means to me, lots of great opportunities to make changes and make positive things happen. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And I hope you all had a wonderful, blessed Christmas and a great holiday season. My wish for each and every one of you is to have great health and peace in the year ahead. So thank you for listening in. And I always start my shows with, rather than a shout out, I do honorable mentions because I don't shout. I I don't want to get upset. This is not about upsetting people. If you want to do that, listen to the other radio shows. But it's about my honorable mentions. I start off, I'm going to do an honorable mention to the world of medicine and science and research. Because the latest news this past couple weeks is the U.S. cancer rate has dropped by the largest amount on record. And kudos to the scientists and physicians and the patients who participate in these studies. The cancer rate in the U.S. dropped by 2.2% from 2016 to 2017, the largest single-year drop ever recorded. And that's according to the latest report from the American Cancer Society. And this shows a continuing decline over time, beginning about a quarter century ago. A lot of this drop is driven by success in diagnosing and treating early lung cancer, which several of my patients have suffered from and have survived. So great advances there in lung cancer. Uh, The other thing that contributes is is falling smoking rates, as people get the word out, that smoking is not healthy. Also, vaping is not healthy, as we know. The other is skin cancer detection of skin cancer. That's important. Advances in the field of personalized medicine and targeting certain cancer cells have saved many lives. Despite this progress, cancer still is the second leading cause of death in our country after heart disease. And it declines in colorectal, breast, and prostate cancer. So that shows that we continue to see a decline on it. So amazing out there. So I still encourage people, if you're a smoker, get help. Stop smoking. Let your doctor know that you're a smoker so they can do low-dose chest CT scanning to detect early forms of, of cancer of the lung. If you are the right age, eligible, 40 or 50 or higher, consider getting guard testing or colon cancer screening. Talk to your doctor about it. For women, get breast cancer sw- screening. For men, get prostate cancer screening. Get routine physicals. Make sure you get checked out, right? You cannot get healthy unless you get people to help you with that. So please do that. The honorable mention that I want to bring up, secondly, is really a personal one to all my friends and family who reached out to me over the holidays to check on me because, as you know, I lost my husband a year ago in July, and the holidays are very tough for people who've lost loved ones, especially because you think back a year prior that you got to celebrate Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's with your loved one, and they're not there anymore, although they are there in spirit. So I want to thank my family, my close girlfriends, I call them my gal pals, for reaching out to me and checking on me, and and it just means so much. People ask me what I did for Christmas. I, I spent the holidays with my son and his wife and my grandkids at their home. I got to wake up on Christmas morning watching my little grandchildren be excited about Santa and then had to address some questions such as... How did Santa get through the alarm system of the house? And so we would explain, well, Santa has special powers. We deactivated the alarm. And then my granddaughter said, well, how come we don't have a chimney? How did Santa get in? And then my daughter-in-law would say, well, Santa has special powers, right? And then they were very amazed by proof that Santa had been there because there was a cookie that was bitten into. So Santa had eaten some of that. And that half the glass of milk was left. Santa didn't finish all that milk because he's probably lactose intolerant. And then Rudolph the reindeer chewed off a little bit of the carrot we left him. He did not leave any droppings in the yard. So there was proof that Santa and the reindeer had come through. So the kids were really happy. So I I love that part. And the part I love now is, is the start of something new. It's a new year, a new beginning. 
I'm one of those January babies. I love my birth month rather than have my birthday that I celebrate the end of the month. I have my birth month. So I did high tea last weekend with my gal pals. They have 11 of my dear girlfriends, and we got together. We had tiaras. There's nothing like a tiara on a girl at the Phoenician having high tea. It's very glamorous. No, we had a great time. I had one friend said she's going to wear the tiara when she does the laundry at home. Just feel, feel really special. So... Part of the celebration is starting off, I always think my theme for this year is rebirth. New beginnings, new goals. How can I address it in a way to make myself healthier, better, smarter, closer to God? What do I need to do for that? And so my hope is that this year these shows will touch you in some way that makes you a better person. One of the things that comes up this time of year is resolutions. Do you have a New Year resolution? And it's one of the things that people, you know, always say, okay, my New Year resolution's this, but how many people actually fulfill their resolutions? And it's a tough thing because, you know, you want to say, I want to line this up, and then usually by the middle of February, you, you give up. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat better, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to exercise more, I'm going to sleep, I'm rock smart, sure. So then by the time the middle of February, forget it. And why is that? Why do resolutions fail? Well, one of the reasons is people set such tremendous goals that, oh, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Well, no, you know, and then if you don't lose 30 pounds, you just barely lose a pound, you give up and say, forget it, I'm going to just eat that cookie. So if you just do baby steps, do little baby steps and say, this next month, I'm not going to gain any weight. I'm going to try to lose about a pound and a half. I'm going to weigh every day. And then hopefully by by the end of the month, I would have lost a pound and keep that off. So little baby steps. And then you reward yourself. But you don't reward yourself by eating a cookie or eating. You reward yourself by saying, well, really, I think I'll just go for a nice walk with friends. I'll do something that is counteracts that change in which you're, you're trying to, to make happen. So think about just little baby steps for your resolutions. That'll really, really help you. What are the other things that you think about this time of year? And I, I researched some of that because I always love looking online to see what people think and say. And one of the internet magazines I have been interviewed on is is the one entitled Aegeist, A-G-E-I-S-T, to my friend David Stewart, who, who posts that. And he interviews people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and beyond, and, he, and it's a different population. And he looks at them, and he, he interviews them. And what is it that these people do health-wise that are part of the resolutions that help them live longer? Number one thing he said is food. Food is medicine. So what kind of food are you putting in your body? Positive and negatives of that. Biggest thing that my patients wrestle with is alcohol. And I say, well, you know, look at your intake of alcohol. Be careful with the use of alcohol. Are you drinking compulsively? Are you drinking as an addiction? Because a lot of people are in denial about alcohol, especially over the holidays. They get into trouble with that. Food, there there are food addicts everywhere. They eat compulsively. They eat out of emotional problems and get help for that. There's Overeaters Anonymous that can help you. You look at the quality of food as well as the quantity. What kind of food do you eat? There are people who do intermittent fasting. We had our guest on our show last year who is a professor at University of Chicago who talked about starvation-type diets where you drastically lower your intake, and these people tend to live longer. So you can do intermittent fasting, prolong the amount of time you fast during the day several times a week, and you might find that you will lose the weight, definitely. You might find you think more clearly, more sharply, and that extends your life maybe for a couple years. I don't know if it'll do 10 years, but it will help in the long run. The other most important thing is exercise. Just keep moving. I'm notorious. I admit I don't work out at the gym. I have access to that. I just walk more. And that's my plan is to walk more, more steps this year every day. I live in an area where I dine out every night. Uh, There are restaurants everywhere. I just walk around the block multiple times. That is increasing significantly what I used to do last year. So that's the hope. One of my sayings is, too vain to gain. How do you keep your weight off? And I, I invest in clothes. I love clothing. And I always pick a size that's smaller. So I said, you know, I cannot overeat because 
I just don't want to lose that investment in my clothing. So I try to eat each bite and say, I'm really too vain to gain. I don't want to gain. I, I, you know, I weigh myself every morning. I'm meticulous about that. And I can tell day to day, night to night, every morning, gee, that, that pretzel roll that I had at that restaurant with the butter, that did some influence on what my weight did. So I'm going to back off. I'm not going to do that. So look at that. You get the feedback. The other third thing that David Stewart mentions in his magazine is posture and flexibility. And I envy my friends who are super, super tall because a lot of times, you know, who can, you know, I'm five foot one and a half. I have friends, women friends who are close to six foot tall. They're models, but yet their posture is such they slump. And I said, be happy that you're tall. Be graceful. Embrace your height. Even if you're little, embrace your height, hold your shoulders back, put your chin out. You know, that's your posture. That's how you accept and receive the world. Look at your posture. What does it say about you? Are you slumped down? Are you really protective? Or are your shoulders back? Are you ready to open up to the world and conquer it? One of the books that I cite is Amy Cuddy's book about power, power posing. And I love that book because it talks about how you train your body to a certain posture and it works with your attitude to assume the certain mood. And one of the stories I share in my memoir about the White House interview in The White House Doctor was when I was called to be interviewed at the White House for my position as White House physician uh, many years ago. I was called into the office to be interviewed by George Herbert Walker Bush's physician. And as they were calling me in, I stood up, I took a deep breath, make sure I was centered, and I, and I said a silent prayer, and that's important as well. But as I stood up, I took a deep breath, shoulders back, and you gather your thoughts, you gather your energy. I do a lot of public speaking, and one of, one of the things I do before I face an audience is I retreat into the ladies' room. So if you ever run into me in the ladies' room, usually the way is well, I'm behind the stall, I'm standing up, and I'm actually power posing so I can psych myself up for going into the room to be with a bunch of people so it'll build up your confidence and give you poise and confidence and grace. And I always believe in prayer. I always pray, give me the words, dear God, that I need to say to this audience. And I pray for that. Flexibility is important. I talk about, we talk about the body movement and being good to your body and being flexible. The fourth thing that this magazine on aging discusses is do not retire. Do not retire. If you Google retirement plus death, you'll see that's one of the quickest ways to die is to retire. And my friend, David Stewart, from this blog said, he's actually quoting me in online. He says, I've spoken to experts and scholars on this. One of them was Dr. Connie Mariano, White House medical officer under Clinton and Bush. I asked her why presidents live so long, much longer than the average person. How is that that the people who are already, already in the world's most stressful job are living longer than average? The, uh, the founder... David Stewart shares this wisdom gained from interviewing members of our tribe on how to live healthier longer. So really, American presidents learn that secret. They don't really retire. They're always busy. They have a library. They're mentally active. They're spokespeople. They have their causes. They keep active. Jimmy Carter is 95. Despite all the health issues had recently, I still, I still think he's very, still busy doing his Bible study once a month. He's still involved with his Habitat for Humanity. He's still doing a lot of things. So God bless him for doing that. And that's with only one term in office. The fifth thing is stick with what works. What works for you, stay with that. Be persistent. Sixth thing is embrace the way you look. Don't do crazy things to yourself. Embrace the aging. The seventh is look the best you can. Honor your appearance. Don't be vain, but just honor and embrace it. The eighth is be social. Get out and meet people. People who are isolated and lonely die sooner than people who have social connections. Your friends are good medicine. The older you are, the more you need other people to connect with. And I see that as women, as we get older, I call my gal pals better than my therapists. Actually, some of them are therapists, but we go to lunch, we go to dinner. They're my confidants. I always call them my hide-the-body friends. They're people you can share a story with. Hide-the-body friends are somebody that if you wanted to off somebody, and I can't believe I said this in front of the women at Perryville Prison one time, if you wanted to eliminate somebody, you would only tell five people. And those people, one's going to get the weapon, one's going to get the shovel, one's going to get the truck, and the other one's going to have an alibi. So look out for those. The ninth thing is recognize that the time is now to enjoy your life. 
recognize that our time is limited in this world and enjoy the now. And the 10th is it's all good. Be at peace. Be at peace with what you have in your life. Accept it. Embrace it. Don't take things too difficult with difficulty. Embrace it. Embrace the now. So with that, we're going to pause for a little three-minute break, and we'll be back on Dr. Connie's House Calls. I'm going to talk about money and finances, and we've got an amazing guest in studio today to join us. So stand by on Dr. Connie's House Calls for the first show of our first uh, year, a first month of the decade. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Get ready for High Vibin' It with hosts Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida. This is an all-new look at self-empowerment and lifestyle design. If you are still trying to figure out the law of attraction, spirituality, self-love, and more, we'll break it down for you. You can create the life of your dreams and own your power. Listen for High Vibin' It. We're live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This will be one hour you will make time for. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to Dr. Connie's House Calls. This is our first show of the new year. And what happens in the new year, right? You know, you went out Christmas shopping, you bought everybody gifts, you took people to dinner. Well, let me read you a poem that I heard recited by my minister, Richard Mirage, at Unity Spiritual Center the first Sunday of this month. He gets up in front of the, uh, the, the congregation and he recites this. And he got it offline, so I, I don't know who to give credit to. I don't see where this came from, but it's a really cool, it's a really cool poem. So I'm gonna I'm gonna recite this. <clears throat> we have a little bit of poetry here. Twas the day after Christmas, and all through the house, every creature was exhausted, even the mouse. The toys were all broken, their batteries dead. Santa passed out with some ice on his head. Wrapping in ribbons just covered the floor while upstairs the family continued to snore. And I in my t-shirt, new Reeboks and jeans, I went into the kitchen and started to clean. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the sink to see what was the matter. 
Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the curtains and threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eye should appear? But a little white truck with an oversized mirror. The driver was smiling so lively and grand. The patch on his jacket said U.S. Postman. With a handful of bills, he grinned, he grinned like a fox. Then quickly he stuffed them into our mailbox. Bill after bill, after bill, they still came. Whistling and shouting, he called them by name. Now Nordstrom's, now Dillard's, now Walmart and Macy's. Here's Best Buy and Mervyn's and Target and Penny's. To the top of your limit, every store, every mall. Now charge away, charge away, charge away all. He whooped and he whistled as he finished his work. He filled up the box and they turned with a jerk and sprang to his truck and he drove down the road, driving much faster with just a half a load. Then I heard him exclaim with great holiday cheer, enjoy what you bought, you'll be paying all year. So are you in that bind? Are you experiencing that? You're getting the... The hangover of the holidays where you're getting those bills, well, you're not alone. In fact, our special guest today, we're going to talk money. We're going to talk money and somebody who is an expert on that but, but knows about it, but is also a public servant for the state of Arizona, somebody I, rem- I admire tremendously. I'm, I'm going to read a, a post here. And I'm going to introduce our guest. This is a post. She says, a new survey released by WalletHub reports that one that the number one financial resolution for men is to save more, while women are focused on paying off debt. And then she quotes it. So who is our guest today? Our guest is Arizona State Treasurer Kimberly Yee. And I'm going to read you her bio. It's very impressive. As state treasurer, Kimberly Yee was one of six statewide elected constitutional officers. She oversees the cash management of Arizona's $40 billion state budget and payments to agencies, local government schools, and manages $17 billion in assets under management. She is the first Asian American elected to statewide office in Arizona's history. Kudos to you, my dear. She is also the first Chinese American Republican woman to win a major statewide office in the history of the United States. She served in the Arizona legislature for eight years, both in the House and the Senate, and was a member of the Health and Human Services Committee. She served as Senate Majority Leader and became the second woman elected to this position in Arizona's history, following U.S. Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, who served the position in 1973, 44 years earlier. You're following, you're following an amazing person. Prior to elected office, <coughs> uh, Treasurer Kimberly Yee worked in the administrations of two governors, including Pete Wilson and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and served on the executive team of Arizona Treasurer Dean Martin, where she promoted fiscal conservative principles to protect taxpayers. She's born and raised in Arizona. She's a graduate of Pepperdine, where she earned two Bachelor of Arts degrees in English and Political Science. She holds a master's degree in Public Administration for Arizona State University, where she received the Honored Scholar Citizen Award. In 2016, Treasurer Yee was featured on stage speaker during the opening day of her political party's national convention. In 2014, she was nationally recognized as a rising star by her party's national committee. She has been named one of the nation's 25 most influential women in state politics by Congressional Quarterly's Roll Call, and she was recently featured to represent the state of Arizona in Lifetime Television Network series Her America, 50 Women, 50 States, which profiled women from every state. So, Treasurer Yee, Thank you for being on our show today. Thank you, Dr. Connie. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us about this, the the uh, posting that you had online about uh, Wallet Hub and, and the findings from that. Yes. Well, you know, my office is uh, the state treasury. And like the state's bank, we see all of the results coming in from the dollars that come into our state. And I felt that as the new state treasurer, I wanted to provide financial education and information, not only to our policymakers, those who are making our budgets short and long term, but also to the general public. Arizonans need to know exactly where we are and where we are as a state from our economy, as well as, you know, how we can help them on financial education tips. So every Friday... We find it a fun uh, opportunity to provide a Financial Friday tip. So last Friday, we wanted to talk about New Year's resolutions and fiscal health, because I know that the focus of your show is about health and making sure we are improving that. 
Well, part of my position as you know the state treasurer is to talk about fiscal health, not only for Arizona as a state, but hopefully providing any assistance we can in assisting on financial literacy efforts so that everyone is smart with their money. And so last Friday's uh, tip of the day was to talk about where New Year's resolutions are. And WalletHub provided the 2020 resolution survey that indicated that men um, have their number one resolution solution is to do a savings plan, right? So they want to stock money away, put in an emergency fund. While the women who were surveyed, their number one resolution was to uh, pay off debt. And so how interesting that we've got men and women who are, you know, interested in financial resolutions, but they're different. Right. And right. and so we want to share that information. All good. You know, savings as well as paying off debt is a great combination. Jeez. And if you look at it from the perspective of our office, ironically, last year in this season, as the legislature is coming into the House and the Senate, a new legislative session is beginning and they have to look at debt and they have to look at spending. And in this case, a surplus. So wow, that's amazing. How interesting that the conversation, even in a legislative or policymaking table, is exactly that. Do you pay off debt when you have a surplus, or do you put it in a rainy day fund? Mm. And as they worked through their negotiations in the last legislative session, they came to the conclusion that you can do both. And so they put a billion dollars into the surplus for wow. the um, rainy day fund in case there's an emergency, in case there's an economic downturn, and you need those funds to use in the future, while paying down debt that the state is obligated to right now. And so those are the reminders that not only that we can use in our personal households, but as we look to assisting policymakers in their financial roles in budgeting. That's amazing. I am so grateful that you are our state treasurer to make sure we're healthy in the state of Arizona. That's right. You're taken care of. And yes, and we're doing great in terms of our economy. Um, it's very, very strong in Arizona. And I think that uh, a lot of policies have been put in place over the years to establish this strength that we have in businesses growing, people working, there's jobs available. Um, and we're seeing that every day because as the state's bank, we see the operating balance. And we have hit record numbers in what we have seen just on any given day. Last uh, June, we had a record-breaking state um, operating balance of $3.75 billion. Oh, my gosh. And never have we reached that before in the state's history. And Why do you think that's the case? I what? think our economy is strong in Arizona. So yeah. when people have work, they are spending that money, and mm -hmm. we're seeing it in our accounts. That means more money for state services. So right. the battle this year will be, what do you what do you do with the money? How do right. you spend that? How does government use those resources wisely so that the it's people— a, It's who, a good, good problem It's a good problem that's to have. A good problem to have. It is. Just to decide, how did you get into public service? Can you share with the audience sure. how you, your journey into that? Yes. Well, you know, I have always uh, been a part of a family who has given back to the community. So it really starts sometimes from your, your upbringing. Yeah. And my mom was born and raised right here in Phoenix where we're taping. And you know, even from that very beginning, uh, my grandfather, who opened up a little grocery store um, in downtown South Phoenix, back then, as a service, you know, you have individuals who come in with welfare checks and, mm -hmm. and they have food stamps. And sometimes they don't have enough money to provide for their family that week. Mm -hmm. So even as a service, as a business owner, he said, you know what, you're on credit. Get what you need for oh. your family. And when you get your paycheck or when you find that job, come back and we'll, we'll pay for it. Wow. Um, those are the stories that bring us to where we are today in giving back to oh, yeah. what we've been given. And so I, I started my journey by working uh, under a couple of governors uh, when I was a young career person. And what I saw right away behind the table on the policy side was how much we can do. Uh, we can help solve problems, and we can work together. You don't have to be around a table with people who think all alike. You bring mm -hmm. people who mm -hmm. have different ideas. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you start with a disagreement, and then you come to a, a great compromise. And those little lessons really drove me, and it was a woman who was serving as my state senator. She was thinking about retiring, and a woman looking to another woman to serve in that seat. She had served 16 years oh, between wow. the House and the Senate here in Arizona, and I have been blessed to serve in, you know, in the legislature. I served in that seat that she had for 16 years. I became majority leader, and now I'm state treasurer. And really, it's been a blessing every single one of those years. 
Well, we're so blessed to have you. I mean, the fact that you did that and, and with your talent have really, really helped. I know you're passionate about educating youth about financial responsibility. I, I heard you speak one time about surveys about what millennials think about money and, you know, because we live in a credit card era. They, you know, it's like, oh, just charge it to that, right? right? They don't know where it's coming from. Can you share some of the things we found out about yes. spending habits and research about that? It's, yes, it's unfortunate because I have real concerns about the millennial population. We looked at surveys conducted when we first came into my administration and women in particular in the millennial category, and that's aged 18 roughly to 34. Um, they, 39% of young millennial women just simply don't pay their bills on time. And that is concerning. We have individuals in that same category who go out and have high interest loans that they take out because they just simply don't have an emergency fund available. And so what I wanted to do right away is to start educating people about smart money habits. And we formed the first ever statewide financial literacy task force bringing in individuals not only from our K through 12 system for our younger kids in the classroom, mm-hmm. but also those who are what I like to call emerging adults, those who have gotten out of the high school system. Now they're working for the first time or they're going to college and they're they're having to pay off their own bills right. for the very first time. Instead of mom and dad cards. paying it off, exactly. right? The bank of mom and dad. Right. But sometimes they don't have that education prior to getting out into the real right. world to understand what debt is. And so they think it's okay that there are no consequences if you don't pay off your credit card monthly bill on time until they learn the hard way. And then t- sometimes when they get into that spiral of debt, it's too late. Mm-hmm. And then you're just trying to have to catch up, and it's very discouraging for a young person. So we really want to focus on that, on those individuals. We also have at our table for our task force individuals from vulnerable families. I've spoken to groups who are um, women who are getting out of tough situations. They're um, having to be the sole breadwinner of their family while taking care of kids as a single parent, um, as well as seniors. In our communities of seniors um, in Arizona in particular, there are so many that um, when they lose their spouse right. and the spouse was the one who was the caretaker of the purse, right. well, you know, they are starting from ground uh, one and they don't know the first thing about managing their money. So we're getting into those communities as well as our military families, our veterans. Um, we have a lot of people around our table, but we're doing great, great things and we have lots of great goals. That's so important. There's a lot of vulnerable groups who struggle, and a lot of it is they don't ever teach you. A lot of people, they That's don't right. teach in school. But here in Arizona, do they teach kids in school now? What we learned... Kind of budget and, and how to handle doing checkbooks? What we learned here, at least in our state, was the schools had this as a elective. So you have to, if you're a, you know, a high school um, student, you have to decide, do you want to take something fun like golf, or do you want to take <laughs> a business class that teaches yeah. you finance? Well, what are they going to choose? Right. And so we've lost a lot of individuals going um, without a financial education course. So right off the bat, second week into my administration, we drafted a bill, put it before the legislature this last um, year, and it now requires that all high school students have at least one semester of financial education, personal financial management. Great. And this will touch every single individual before they get out into that real world. Right. And it has taken us a long time to get here. Um, but now, finally, it's just not an elective. It's going to be a requirement. Good. You've got to have some financial responsibility and be educated. Right. We're going to stop for a quick break, and we'll be back with State Treasurer of Arizona, Kimberly Yee, on some wisdom about finances and money and how to be smart about it. So you can, things that you can take to the bank, so to speak. So stay tuned on more on Dr. Connie's House Calls. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Are you looking for a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Do you want your business to thrive? Do you want to enjoy better relationships and find your purpose? 
tune in every week to Stepping Into the Tenda Dao Chung Life Transformation with Dr. and Master Shaw with host Diana Gold Holland, who will share the wisdom of Master Shaw. You'll hear from inspiring teachers and listen to testimonials about life transformation. Stepping Into the Tenda Dao Chung can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the West and 6 p.m. in the East on Voice America Empowerment. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnyradio at gmail.com. That's drconnyradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to the final segment of Dr. Connie's House Calls. It's our first show of the new year of the decade, and we're starting off in a great way with Arizona State Treasurer Kimberly Yee, who's an amazing, incredible public servant, brilliant woman, hardworking, has done some tremendous things for Arizona, and just amazing wisdom. I'm really, I so admire you. I don't admire too many people, but you're, you're one of my heroes, so you. you're sharing about fiscal responsibility and, and teaching people about that. Uh, what are the things that you've learned as state treasurer about how people spend money and how to how to balance a budget? I mean, what are the things that you've learned? Well, we've gone all around the state, every single county we have visited. And it really is an issue that we've got to wrap our arms around on how we work together because this is something, financial education and being smart about how you spend your money is not just a household discussion. It's one that we can even bring to the table for those who are managing public budgets, quite frankly. And so where do you begin? So we really, this last year, began in the classroom. We started with high schoolers. Um, What I do every day is I look at the calendar and I see where do we need to go? Um, We have started reading to kindergartners, first graders, elementary schoolers. And I have this favorite book, and it's um, How Curious George Spends His Money. Mm. And it's just a fun way to incorporate what it means to manage money to young, young people. And you, you talk through these very important issues in their language. And as a mother of two young children, it's a fun thing for, for kids to start earning their money. And little things that they can incorporate, a parent can incorporate chores at a very early age. You know, as soon as a child uh, can start helping to set the table or Mm -hmm. even wipe the table, I mean, little, little things, they can earn money. And when you earn money as a young person, you can appreciate the money that's in your pocket. Right. And you learn that it doesn't just come off of trees. And it it really is that responsibility you teach at a very young age in these very easy to understand, Mm -hmm. um, you know, incorporations. And so what we have done is we've read books to kids. Um, There are, my office will be um, unveiling a website that allows for free resources to be available, not only to teachers, but to families, to parents, to teach their kids as age appropriate what it means to start incorporating money management into your home, into your classroom. 
And so for my kids, for instance, you know, we uh, we have my husband allows our little boys to um, wash the car. And when they earn their money, I will take them to the toy section and we'll talk about little lessons like what toy do you want in this aisle? And obviously mm-hmm. there's the big, big toys mm-hmm. and then there's the little dollar toys. Well, they are able to count their money and they make a decision on whether they're going to save their money so that they can buy the bigger toy, but that's going to take time and patience, or they're going to buy the little toy because they want immediate satisfaction. Well, bring that into the adult, right? We're talking to adults who have the same problem when they go down an aisle of a store. They want immediate gratification and they'll buy something that maybe they can't afford. So my motto has always been never spend more than you make. Right. And that goes across the spectrum for any age. And so one of the things that, you know, this with the new year, we have been putting out resolutions, you know, things that people can do for their resolutions. Um, improving their financial health. And some of the things that we can incorporate, for instance, are um, if you are in debt, you have to start paying that down. And and the new year is a perfect way to begin that. So over the holidays, I put out some you know holiday tips on financial living. And one of the things that is great to start in a new year is a savings plan. Um, because once you have a saving plan in place, you just start incorporating a certain amount of your paycheck into that savings account. You don't even have to auto pay it. You know, so, so your your workplace can actually incorporate that right in. You never even see it, right. and it starts building. If you don't see it, you can't spend it. Exactly so. <laughs> right. And so, if you even if it's fifty dollars a month, yeah. it, it could be a very yeah. small amount. Then, once you start getting comfortable with that, start investing. Right, because once you start building that into um, a plan where you're investing it, you're going to see that much more money next year. And so I, those are some little tips that we have, um, you know, put out there. If you have debt, it's great to be able to pay off a little bit at a time of your smallest <laughs> amounts. So, so let's say you have different types of right. credit cards, right? Um, pay off the smallest amount first. Because as you were saying earlier, once you see that you have the motivation and you're seeing that it's starting to incorporate, you have inspired motivation to keep going. So then you've already paid down your smallest amount of debt, keep going to the next one. Right. Um, and so we, we have, you know, incorporated also the ability for you to take out, use cash. If you have a problem with credit cards, do the envelope system. You know the old-fashioned envelope system. Right. You've heard about it. You put it. the money in there. Tell us about it. Well, so you have an old-fashioned white envelope, right? right? You put whatever cash you have for spending. You've allocated a certain amount that you have to spend. And just use cash for maybe, say, a month. Just try it out. Because now you can see how much you're spending at the pace you're spending. And when you get to the end of the envelope and there's no more cash in there, <laughs> stop. <laughs> right? That's, that's well, the end. Well, it makes sense. You know, one of the things I do, we're such in a habit just to hand a credit card and it doesn't dawn on you. So what I've done is I take out a certain amount of cash every week, and that's my lunch money or right. my breakfast money, yes. and I count my pen. And then I know, holy cow, that's how much I spent on lunch? Yes. And then pretty soon it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's where, and then, you know, it really hits home. You it can does. actually see that leaving. Exactly right. right. The other thing you bring up is about delayed gratification. That's right. You know, and a lot of us were like, I want it now. Mm. And then later you go, why did I get that thing? What a waste. And the people who succeed learn how to delay gratification. They had the study with the little kids where you get a toy now or you can get a better toy later. And the ones who achieved much more later in life were able to delay their gratification a lot better than the ones who wanted instantaneously. That's right. So just hold back, take a deep breath, don't do it right, don't do impulsive shopping, wait exactly. a little bit. Exactly, right. And I've I've learned even with my kids in that toy aisle, they'll start negotiating. <laughs> oh, they're smart. <laughs> and, they want to be attorneys. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, God. one of them, you know, we were we were looking at maybe something that was $10. But he only had $5 to spend. So he saw that there was the same toy only split into singles, right? So he started, well, okay, I can have that toy, yeah. but I can get the dollar version of it, but it's still the same one. It's just packaged in a single version <laughs> instead of the bulk. And so little things like that, you start teaching this and they start getting it and they yeah. like it. It's a game, but it's, it really, it's a numbers game. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then, you know, as we were talking, you know, there are different things we can look at. Just take a step back. It's the new year. And you look at your credit card statement and you start looking, okay, where can I cut back? What is on there pretty often? And what we have seen in a number of surveys is that, and you you mentioned it, people eat out probably more than they 
think about, right? And and it's maybe it's something quick, maybe it's a snack, maybe it's a, a latte um, here and there, but things start adding up. And once you start taking a real good look at where your um, your spending is, you can maybe start decreasing that month to month. You know, mm-hmm. okay, so you have 10 a month. Well, let's decrease that to seven this time. Then we go down to five. Baby so steps. just that gradual, exactly yeah. right. But it doesn't dawn us because it's almost like a reflex. So easy to take the card and use it. And then at the end of the month, you're like, holy cow, where did all that money go? Exactly. Because every it all adds up. That's right. It all adds up. And I just think we were chatting on the break about different generations. My parents' generation, they never used their credit card. It was all... All by, you know, they took the cash out, they paid it, they counted, that was it. You right. knew it. And you'd limit it. you say, I'm only going to spend this much, much mm-hmm. this month. And you just limit it. Because that way you don't get the sticker shock at the end of the month about right. it. But you have a good point in really teaching children about that. It's just habits that people get into. It is. But unless it hurts them in the pocketbook, they're not going to, you know, do about it. And you look at how many, how many people save money. You know, people who retire, what's the percentage of people who actually have money retirement plans? That's right. And there there are very few. There are so many um, opportunities for people to learn more about these resources. And, um, you know, one recommendation could be that if people are interested in just being smarter about their finances, mm-hmm. they can sign up on apps that help you. And they're easy to understand. Uh, they can uh, show you where you need to stop. You know, I think there are triggers where people have, and you can just, you know, you see where your good habits are. You can see where you can improve on bad habits, on spending. Um, and there's also, you know, we were talking about health-related issues. This is your show, right? Well, sometimes people put off appointments uh, that could be maintenance appointments, so like checkups or cleanings if you're seeing a dentist. Um, If you don't do those over time, it could become an emergency that costs you so much Much more. more. And so little things like that, it's overall um, health maintenance can give you financial stability. and, Mm -hmm. um, And all of those are great checks to take into consideration in a new year. That's right. That's really good. Do you have it resolutions for you? Do I, you? you know, I. It's more for me. It's more. What can I do better yeah. than last yeah. year? And and I think for me, I think with the money management issue, I want to be able to get out into communities who haven't had this, um, and people need information that and it's free. Uh, there are so many wonderful resources out there on um, being able to be smart about your money. There are women's programs that are out there that specifically speak to how women spend. And, and they can you know, help on improving ways uh, to be smarter about your money. And, and those are some resources I want to get out there to people. And I think what we'll do from my office is to create a, a resource center. And you can find that on our website. We're unveiling a new website very, very soon um, at aztreasury.gov. And I encourage people to check it out. And again, there's, these are going to be resources for so many different sectors out there, whether you're a, a parent looking to help your child to a teacher incorporating this into your classroom. Um, we're not going to pick winners or losers. We're just going right. to put it all out there right. you help and be helpful. Well, exactly. You have resources that people can go to. One of the things that impresses me about you is you come to life when you talk about your work. It's obvious you love what you do. I do love. Do you what have I a do. background in finance? Are you financial? I, I mean, political science. English. I mean, right. Well, I used to work in the state treasurer's office under Dean Martin. This mm-hmm. is twelve years ago, and so for four years, uh, this was what we did. And in that time, it was actually when we had the fiscal downturn. Wow. So you can't really be in a, a more important office when you have the situation we had in two thousand eight nine. Um, and and at that time, what I learned from that experience was this is an office that can really help not only manage money very well, but invest it. Because right. when you have the money you and you invest smartly – um, our motto, just by the way, is safety before liquidity before yield. So we're always looking out to the taxpayer. Repeat it again because it's important. Safety, safety before liquidity before, before yield. And because these are taxpayer dollars, we have to be fiscally responsible with our investments. They're all U.S.-based. And we want to put that investment in back into you know the economy, put it back into the people's pockets that earned the money in mm-hmm. the first place. And so I have made a commitment to go out into every single county, talk to every town, as small as you know a rural county can be. Oh, we see we're you there. online. Yeah, I see you on I'm Facebook. there. I see you on Facebook. You're everywhere. I want to be You're everywhere. Visited. But it's, it's to me, it's sincere. Because I, I have no politicians. I've been to D.C. 
I know. And you can tell. I mean, it's almost like there are some who just go through the motions, check in the box. But you don't. You're, you're really connected. I, you really you enjoy what you do. Absolutely. And it's sincere. It's the real deal, I, it's which a, is so refreshing. It's a heart thing for me. Well, yeah. And, yeah. and I really, you know, when you are managing the money of whether it's the smallest town in Arizona mm-hmm. to the biggest city. These guys all count. They yeah. all count. And you can't have a more um, sincere conversation unless it's eye to eye. And I have heard that across every single corner of our state. And what I share is how can we manage your money better? How can we improve it so that you have more in the pockets of your local taxpayers? They can do more with infrastructure, more with transportation, more with education, mm-hmm. more with health-related initiatives if they are smart about how they're managing their money. And so those meetings have been fruitful. We have seen a record 19% increase in our local government investments to, to our office and deposits in just 12 months. Wow. That's amazing. That's really incredible. How do you recharge your batteries? I mean, <laughs> you, you, I think when you're out in the public, you do the things you do, long hours, all the things. What do you do to get your energy back up? You know, it, it's really one of those things I think you have to carry a great love for what you do. And it transcends into what you love in your personal life too, right? And so you balance it. And I love both my worlds, personal, my Mm -hmm. public life. Mm -hmm. And you have to balance the time as well. Sometimes you have to say no Mm -hmm. to certain events Mm because you have to spend time with your family and that matters more. And so all of those things really create that healthy balance, I think, um, from a woman in the workplace and a mom who of young children. Well, you are a role model for so many of us, and I so admire you, and I I thank you for what you do for our state, but also just just somebody who gives us such great inspiration for things that have helped so many people. Where we're drawing a close to our our first show of the year, I want to thank State Treasurer Kimberly Yee for being here, being our special guest. I know how busy you are, but just taking the time to come here and, and share about financial literacy and the things you do and, and, and also starting kicking off the year with being fiscally smart. Because, you know, where our opportunities come from is if you are financially stable, you can do some good things. You can do some things with philanthropic, but really, you don't want to have debt. I, I avoid debt. You invest your money. You prepare for your old age. You, you, you're able to help many people with your finances. And and it's about, you know, making dreams come true with that. So it's yeah. a great resolution and, and how you can be the best you can be. So with that, thank you for being on our show. Oh, it's and, a pleasure. And we look forward to coming back to you all once a month, the fourth, actually the third Thursday of the month at 4 p.m. Pacific on Dr. Connie's House Call. Stay tuned for another great year of reaching out and helping you all, our audience. So take care and have a wonderful week, and God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.